Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. As always, thanks for joining us. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California, and I am joined by my sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Jewel. Hey, Happy New Year, Leanne. This is the first Tuesday show you and I have done in 2014, and I think we're off to a great start. So, so we far, so good. Said anything yet? But it just feels good. <laughs> Did you see the game last night, the BCS game yes. from Pasadena? Let, let me just say, Leanne, on behalf of every everybody, because I know what a big Pasadena booster you are. You really are Miss Pasadena, and someday you will be Queen of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Pasadena looked so magnificent last night on television. At the beginning of that game, when the sunset, the roses, the you know the stadium absolutely filled with you know with fans, I, I just thought it's kind of a pity that you know the Rose Bowl isn't going to. I mean, I know it's going to be one of the locations that they're going to be having playoff games, but it is such a culmination of the college football season uh, to end up in Pasadena. And you have great weather in January where no one else in the country is having good weather. I know it's almost embarrassing how great it looked. Like it looked great on January 1st. I mean, the stadium looks beautiful. And then they turn that stadium around in six days. They have literally been working night and day. The lights have been on all night and all day to get the grass in shape. You know what it is? It's the natural grass and the stadium was packed. It wasn't one of those bowl games where they can't show a crowd shot because there are only 20 thousand fans there and people really turned out very enthusiastic and a fantastic game so i know we had uh supporters for both teams in the satellite sisters audience it was a fantastic game that must have been a tough one for auburn to lose in the last minute i know i know i was kind of rooting for them you know sort of but what whatever but it was fantastic and the roses i you know they just look so beautiful on television so you know what? And I, I hate to say it because I know everyone's in the grip of the polar vortex. I mean, the temperatures are like dangerously cold. It's been so warm here. The the flowers have opened up beautifully. That's why the parade floats looked beautiful this year because we had unusually warm temperatures. And again, just perfectly, you know, open roses. I got some at the grocery store, Joel, that looked like a million bucks. That's all I can tell you. Well, it was it was a night to remember, Leon. But if you... if I don't. I know you've been traveling and you've been busy, but when you talk about cold weather, you cannot not mention the fantastic coverage that we provided on the polar vortex this weekend. Thanks to our satellite sisters, Carol, Roberta, Kathy, Jolene, and Aaron. Have you listened to? Have you listened to the podcast? I have not had a chance yet because I was in Vegas. So we're going to talk about the podcast awards and the New Media Expo. We're, I had to watch Downton Abbey yesterday in preparation for today's Downton Talk. So I have not heard the satellite sisters. But can I just tell you how stunned I was when I saw that Liz was like actively producing a show? What happened? Like, I don't know. I she was. 
she's been on vacation for a while. She yeah. had a burst of energy. She sent me an email and she said, what do you think of an idea of a call out show? I was like, sure. Okay. So there is Liz, you know, and she, she has a great deal of enthusiasm and a lot of power chords, but not much technical skills. Right. No. But no, there she was in the TOC just running the board, and I am telling you, she somehow made Skype go places <laughs> Skype has never gone before. You know, I mean, the behind the scenes of this show is we really, you know, we we connect by uh, by Skype uh, and we record the show. And even today, Leon, we have we have we had a call a recorder failure. Right. So right, we're right. on, we have no backup system today. So no. every time we we have connectivity issues, as our sister Sheila says, every single week. Yeah. And yet Liz had this ambitious idea that wouldn't it be great to talk to satellite sisters from around the country who are really experience, experiencing some of these incredibly low temperatures. And I, I can't even tell you how we got these people on the phone yeah. and how they went. At one point we had Kathy, we could see her on the video, but we could not hear, we didn't have any audio. And then at another point, I know we were talking to Carol and Aaron just sort of popped up on the screen. So I have no idea what Liz was actually <laughs> doing in her apartment, but there she was just dialing and getting people up. And we had a lot of fun and we learned quite a bit about the polar vortex lately. And so if, so I recommend to everyone to listen to the show and just hats off to Liz. She's going to re receive a special technical award from the Satellite Sisters at the end of the year for, uh, for the production work she did on this show. She did admit to me that she forgot to edit some of the music down, so she'd like to publicly apologize. There were some editing issues later on, but really, I mean, it's a miracle because every time we get together to record, there's a big question mark whether we're going to be able to do it. So I am looking forward to listening to that. And is it freezing in Dallas? Yes. Okay. Yes. We have very, you know, it has dipped down to, yeah. I mean, I mean. I, we are not experiencing what the Midwest is, right. but if you look, but it's all kind of a little bit relative or somewhat relative in that, you know, in Dallas, or if you look at New Orleans or Florida, no one in Florida has a winter coat. No, I mean, right. That's why, like, they're not letting the kids go to school in Atlanta. They really, they don't have stuff. They and don't have to. And yeah, yeah, you can go. You can go to Macy's and buy a winter coat in Florida, but it doesn't keep you warm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a some fashion item, but it's not. It has no utility, you know. I mean, or you can try to get a down vest, but I don't even. I mean, but they're more just, you know, for show. They're not for warmth. So, so it is serious. Yes. Yeah. No, I do. I feel terrible for the people whose children are still home. I mean, well, snow Aaron, days hello. and cold. It's cold days. It has been a long, long holiday vacation. I, no one was happier than me to take Colin to school today because our kids got yesterday off because of the BCS. So and that felt super long. So, um, uh, you know, my sympathies if you have kids still home at school, home from school. Well, All right, Leanne, but you were on the road, as we all know. I, I went to Las Vegas this weekend, Julie. I went for two two things. I went for the New Media Expo. NMX 
that is a conference that incorporates all new media. So it's kind of interesting. It's one of the few that um, have bloggers, podcasters, social media experts, and digital video people, web series producers, and things like that. So it's not just blogging, and it's not just audio, and it's not just uh, social media. It's all those things. And so I was a panelist on a uh, Ladies Start Your Microphone podcast panel, I'll tell you about. And then, of course, there was the podcast awards, uh, which were given out Sunday night. So I missed Downton Abbey Sunday night, but um, I was there representing Satellite Sisters. We were nominated in two categories, People's Choice and General, because that's... (laughs) That's the kind of category we own, general. I know. Um, so, you know, here's the thing. Uh, we had a good – I'm glad I went. We okay. did I'll just announce right off the bat. We did not win. So um, – but let me just start with the panel discussion because I was appearing with um, with Grammar Girl, with Mignon Fogarty, who does the very popular Grammar Girl series of podcasts. These are five-minute grammar tips and named a top iTunes podcast this year. And she does an excellent job um, – you know, writing and producing the shows. They're very tight and super helpful. And then I was on. You would expect if, if the name of the show is grammar girl, yes. you expect that there be, that they would be super tight and well-written, you know, uh, I don't know. Yes. No, we had, we, she said it's a lot of pressure that she actually really has to really write hard and work hard on the writing. And yeah, like people are like gunning for her to make a mistake. So, and then my other co-panelist was a great woman named Elsie Escobar, who's been a longtime podcaster. She started by just recording her yoga show. And so she's very popular. Yeah, I mean, her yoga class. So okay. you can go download Elsie's yoga class at all different levels, all different times. You know, you can do a 25-minute restorative, a, you know, a 90-minute advance. And then she also is the community supervisor for Liberated Syndication. And I only mention this because they're our distributor for Satellite Sisters. So she does a really good podcast about podcasting. Also, she does two shows. So, and then our moderator, uh, Lisa Marshall, um, she got uh, snowed in on the East Coast. She could not get there. So at the last minute in the great Liz Dolan tradition, I had to step in and be the moderator and work the show flow. Lee, and we knew that you could be upgraded. And I was, as I mentioned on our last podcast, I thought perhaps you might have worked in a silent auction as well as part as part of your duties. But that's right. I knew you'd get in there and uh, and work rework the show flow. And ha- was it tighter? It was better run. No, I think Lisa was going to do a great job, but I just had to sort of take charge of it. I had all of her notes, but I had to do my own thing. And, um, so I asked probably a few more questions. She was going to open it up to Q and a, um, we, but it was a very popular panel, which I'm glad to see because really on the overall, um, conference, I would say it was like 85% men, 15% women. And I think all the women at the conference came to our panel discussion. We had like 60 women in the audience, which I thought was a great number. They were all interested. About half of them were already producing a show. The other half were interested in adding a show to their blog or their social media presence. Um, and the shows ranged. Uh, we only I had a chance to talk to a bunch of them before and during the question um, session. So the shows ranged from like... Uh, 
a, a legal show, like a lawyer breaking down criminal cases. She's like, it's like Nancy Grace, but I'm not Nancy Grace. I thought that was a funny description. Another one was a fantasy football show with three sisters who hosted oh. the show. And they were great. That seemed like a great idea. Another podcast was a a podcast uh, for um, women recovering from eating disorders. So like a recovery podcast. And she seemed like a really good podcast host, really sincere in her mission. Uh, People were doing business podcasts, all kinds of different podcasts. So it was really fun to hear the questions. We could have taken questions for two hours. So that was the problem. You only get 45 minutes. We had like 25 minutes of us relating our experiences. And then we were taking questions. And I was trying to move through the questions as as fast as we could, but they were good questions. You know, people wanted to know uh, all kinds of specific things. But in general, I would say people were very enthusiastic about the podcast medium, uh, Julie. So uh, I'm glad we got in early. <laughs> yes, as podcast po- pioneers, we of course. Yes. <laughs> and maybe and maybe what uh, keeps us on top because there are people gunning for us, Julie. They're coming for us, and that's good. I my whole position during the panel was the more women's voices, the better. And I feel like we have to create our own cheering section because you could even see at this conference, you know, it's a relatively new medium podcast and it's 90% men, you know, it was, you know, that's so surprising. I mean, it's not like women don't listen to music. Don't, you know, don't buy music. I mean, what it's so interesting that it's so lopsided that way. Well, I think the biggest stumbling block, particularly for the, a lot of women I've talked to, um, was, is the tech piece, ironically. You know, because we're so non-techy. I know. How, weren't we just talking about this? We so, were uh, just talking about it. That's the point. You were mentioning that. I was like, when I told people, like, we recorded our show on Skype, like, some of the guys were like, you do? I'm like, yeah. Like, it's free and we do it. It's not perfect, but it's what we got. We have a very complicated show to record. And people were impressed. But I think that was the three of us up there on the panel all you know, produced and edited our own show. And I can say that Mignon and Elsie were much more technically oriented than I were. They had a couple of extra steps in their podcast process that I'm going to try to work on over the next couple months to get the audio as best as we can. But I think that's the stumbling block. People were, you know, they're afraid to sort of go, oh, I guess I can edit. I can do this. It's not that hard. And so that was the message we kept trying to reiterate, like, Try for good show quality, absolutely, but don't let the tech be a total stumbling block. Don't let all the gear, you know, that the podcast experts say you have to have. You, you need a mic and you need a Mac, and that's really about it. So, um, so it was really fun. I enjoyed the panel quite a bit, and then, um, then I had to prepare for the podcast awards. And okay. so, my husband, I managed to sneak him into the awards ceremony, and God bless him because he came all dressed up. You know, he like. Good. Looks yeah, good. he looked good, and uh, and your husband looks good dressed up. He looks yeah. good anyway, Leon. But in particular, uh, he's 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 a re- you know really good. I'm sure as you were coming down the red carpet yeah. at, the, at the podcast awards <laughs> with your handsome husband on you know on your arm that uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of hubbub about that, huh? He looked like he had come from a different conference, Julie. I'll just say that because people had been at the hotel all day. People did not go home and change. There was no hair and makeup for the podcast awards. And, um, and one, I, I think this is representative 
I took a photo of this guy's t-shirt and I sent it to my son, Colin, because I liked it so much. You know, there are a lot of sort of sci-fi and geeky Mm -hmm. uh, podcasts out there. And one of the popular podcasts these days is The Walking Dead cast. So the host of The Walking Walking Dead cast, I think, summed up his branch of podcasters perfectly with his t-shirt. That was a picture of um, the Ewoks from Star Wars. And the headline on the t-shirt was Ewoking Dead. So (laughs) there you go. And then, so there was the E-Walking Dead group, and then there were all the fitness podcasters and the ESPN Ooh. guys. So they, Beric was like, wow, those guys are really fit. I'm like, yeah, because they're like the paleo podcasters. That's, they're, they're the CrossFit guys. <laughs> and then, uh, or ESPN anchors. And then there was me, Grammar Girl, and Elsie, because we had all been nominated for podcast awards. So uh, representing the small number of women nominated. And can I tell you how honored I was that the History Chicks asked me to pick up their award if, if, uh, if, I, if they should win. But they did not win. Uh, Grammar Girl won that. And she was our only woman up there representing all the female podcasters. She won an education. <laughs> but here was the big headline. I was super psyched because Dr. Drew, they announced him as the host. Yes. And you know, I love Dreamy Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. Yes. Yes. And uh, he couldn't make it because of the snowstorm on the East Coast. <laughs> so, well, Doesn't he live in Pasadena? He so does live in Pasadena. Lane. But of course, a- he's Dr. Drew. He had been in New York doing press for something. So uh, he was flying in from New York to Las Vegas and was going to host the awards. It didn't happen. So we ended up with a guy... Uh, who used to be on the TV show Heroes. <laughs> so, Leanne, you sound very enthusiastic for what? Like, no Dr. Drew. Yeah. Uh, and, and we get shut out of the awards. Shut out of the awards. Like, there was no food or drink. And like, <laughs> there oh. were no swag bags, Julie. There oh. were prizes, though. They did have a sponsor step in. So there were actual trophies. But um, there were, I think, 10 award categories, 10 nominees in each category. Uh, so it was an honor to be nominated. But I have to tell you, Julie, it was actually... Actually, also really a bummer to lose. <laughs> I thought we had a shot. I did too, Leah. I thought we had a shot in the in the uh, People's Choice category, and the winner was a show who I had never heard of, and I'm sure won't I'll never listen to. It's out kind of spite. <laughs> well, now out of spite, but also just it did not seem like my kind of show. It was sort of looked like a self-produced morning zoo. But it had just a grotesque name called The Morning Stream, of course, a urination reference. I know. And they won, like, two awards, and their third podcast won another award. So they seem – I don't want to use the word rigged the system, but they definitely tapped into, quote, their voting block. So they won, like, four out of the ten awards. I think we need more categories in this podcast awards. I think that's the only way we're going to win. I mean, I would would suggest, like – Best female vocalist, but then we'd be up against Grammar Girl, and we could lose. Right, she's going to win all the girl awards, and so we could lose that. But if we could just carve out sort of our own category that we could win in, because we've, you know, we certainly have had a lot of support from our satellite sisters. So uh, I know. So that's why our people were great, but I don't know how we compete against these other people. And we may, we don't need to. Like we don't need to win an award. (laughs) We know what we do. Yes, no, yes, worthwhile. But we we need to. 
But I'd like, I wanted to win that award. I had an excellent speech oh, off hand out. Would you like to give it now? I don't, I don't want to give it now because it's just it's not going to be the moment. But I was going to thank the Satellite Sisterhoods. I felt like I was going to represent, you know, on behalf of all my sisters. And what was clear was like no one in the audience would have known who I was except Grammar Girl and Elsie from, from Elsie's yoga class because it was, it was all men. The only one funny part, you know, we had discussed um, on the show that it, it does seem hard to believe that a show like ours produced in a closet with free Skype is competing against a show like this American life, you know, Mm -hmm. which we were and, um, a show that's super well-funded with sponsors and, you know, 10 producers and great studio access, but that's right now the nature of podcasting. They don't break it up. It's the people producing in their closet versus, uh, you know, the shows that are produced really for the radio and then are just distributed as a podcast. So when the first uh, NPR show won, NPR Planet Money, people booed. (laughs) They did? Yes. Okay. And it was just... Well, you had put that on the Facebook page, Leanne, that you just did not feel that, you know, that, I mean, it's really not fair to, that we should be in the same category. It's hard. It's just hard to compete. Right. And so it's just a different different animal. It's it's a different animal. So, uh, so the, the host of the show did have to say, please don't boo. That's not nice. Cause then, so then when this American life, of course, won best show or whatever it won, um, there was a smattering of applause. I would not say. That it was, was the e-walking dead guy no. was he cheering? No, no of course no. not. No. So, um, so there definitely is, we are not the only podcasters to feel like it's hard to compete against, uh, uh, the NPR machine, but, um, all in all, it was a, it was a great evening. I'm glad I went. Uh, the medium seems to be alive and well. If you are thinking of starting your own podcast, here's one you don't have to start. Okay, Julie, because every third, okay. every third person I spoke to, and I went to a bunch of panel discussions, and every third person that got up to ask a question said pretty much this. I am a life coach, and I am producing a series of podcasts about people who have achieved their dream. <laughs> careers. Okay. Uh-huh. Every, so if that was the category you're thinking of jumping into, don't jump in. Cause it is done. <laughs> I really, the best, the best one was the guy who was a life coach who helped people find their niche, but he got up in a general session and he said, but I don't know which of these two podcasts I should produce. Like find your niche or nichey niche niche. I mean, I <laughs> And I was like, okay, if you're a guy who's supposed to help people find their niche and you can't find your own niche, huh? <laughs> hmm. I was suspicious of him, but I'm just saying we don't need any more podcasts about people finding, living their dreams. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. I made note of that, Leah. All right. And then the other piece of the weekend, though, is actually uh, my anniversary celebration with my husband. One of the reasons he came, he usually doesn't tag along with me on work conferences. Uh, He has his own job to do. But it was our 21st wedding anniversary last week. And so we thought we would celebrate uh, with like one fun night in Las Vegas. Okay, Leah. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. For 21 years. Yeah. Good. Good good for us. You know, and we don't go to Las Vegas a lot, um, but we go, we had to go for his work conferences like every couple of years. Mm -hmm. So that we've probably gone five or six times over the course of our marriage. So, uh, and he happens to have been there a lot this year for work because they have a lot of conferences there. But 
and so we decided to kind of do something special. We didn't really need to go to a big show or do a Las Vegas review. And we wanted to stay someplace new. So we picked um, the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. Have you ever stayed at a Mandarin Oriental property, Julie? I have, Leanne. Uh, I, I, they are um, like zentrific, if that's the word. <laughs> I mean, they are just, you get, you get transport, you're transported into some other country or environment. It's so peaceful and beautiful. And uh, I, I've been to the one in New York. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I stayed 20 years ago at the one in Hong Kong and I still have really vivid memories of oh, exactly yeah. the, the Zentrific experience. So they have a, a Mandarin Oriental. It's four years old in, in Las Vegas. So I said, let's stay there. One of the interesting things is it doesn't have a casino and it's smoke, oh. it's smoke free. Okay. Okay. Two good things. Two but good it's things. right on the strip. So it's sort of tucked away very quietly near the Cosmopolitan and the Aria and the new Crystal Shopping Center. So it's right in the middle of everything, but it's tucked away. And it is, it's like a separate world. You know, I was so many Las Vegas hotels have like giant groups of people walking through the lobby. It's a sea of humanity. I mean, the whole city is a sea of humanity, not the Mandarin Oriental. You can barely find the lobby and that's a good thing. Oh, so okay. we, walked in and it was, it was like entering another world and it's a five-star mm -hmm. hotel. It's really a five-star hotel. I it was, I, it was absolutely beautiful. We had an unbelievably great time there, a beautiful room with the view of the city. And you know how fun it is to open up your window in Las Vegas and see the New York skyline. <laughs> New York, New York. Every time I see that Eiffel Tower at Paris, it just makes me laugh to see the Eiffel Tower there on the Vegas Strip. Yeah, I think that's the best way to see it from some really classy hotel room. Yes. There's not to actually be on the Strip or, yeah. or, or in the Eiffel Tower or in that New York, New York, but just uh, up up in your quiet room. Oh, it was very nice. You know what? And that's the key, Julie. The room was quiet and the room was dark. Two things you don't often get in Las Vegas, like the blackout shades really blacked out and the room was so quiet because there wasn't a crazy nightclub. It didn't have a spring break feel, uh, you know, and I like they had aromatherapy just wafting mm. through the hallways. Mm. Uh, I actually took a yoga class. Have you ever in, in yeah. Las Vegas? No. Oh, I got up Sunday morning and they have a beautiful yoga studio and it's kind of up in the sky and you have these incredible views of these cool buildings, but it's, oh, it was just, I took a great yoga class. I took a sauna. It's just, All right. it felt like we were at a spa, but in Las Vegas. So it was really fun. And then we, um, we decided to kick off the day. We arrived Saturday afternoon and I told you I had made, oh, did I, I don't think I told you I, I had made reservations at the Louis Vuitton store to see the, <laughs> I know, to see the okay. art, art exhibit oh, that, okay. Okay. that your son, Will, had told me to go see. Okay. All right. So I the, the James Terrell installation is like a private installation in the Louis Vuitton store in uh, the Crystal Shopping Plaza right there on the Strip in Las Vegas. I know that seems like a long way to go for an art exhibit, but your son, Will, is an editor at Art in America. He went out there on a press junket. He said it was a fantastic experience. You walk into these rooms and, you know, it's a sensory deprivation experience in the land of sensory overload. So I had reservations. You have to call. There's like a secret number you call. They only do five showings a day. Uh, it's totally free. 
but you have to make reservations ahead of time. So I had done that for 5.30. So we checked in. We had a beautiful tea right there in the lobby of the Mandarin Oriental. We were a little hungry. The tea looked delicious. It was fantastic. They were holding another art exhibit there in the Mandarin Oriental. So they, you know, lavished us with champagne. That was fantastic. (laughs) And then we walked to the Louis Vuitton store, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh It's three stories and we sat on the secret couch and we waited for the secret person to come down the secret elevator and get us. And they did right at 4.30. Our our person came down. She was in a beautiful Louis Vuitton suit. She was their art specialist. All right. This is in the middle. I mean, that's like Julia Roberts. Wasn't that who she was in like Casino? Yeah, exactly. Ocean's. Ocean's well, Good one, Yeah. So, okay. In the meantime, okay. like the Louis Vuitton store is on fire. Like people from all over the world buying $400 t-shirts. And here, Barrick and I are sitting on our secret couch. And okay. then she took us, she gave us a tour of the store. She described the architecture. Uh, she described several of the art pieces they had in the store, which were fantastic. Taken, you know, that the whole store is meant to look like a, a tr- one of the Louis Vuitton trunks. So if you look around, oh, that's working to and then we get in the secret elevator and we go up to the fourth floor where there were three more people to service this art thing two of whom are in like all white louis vuitton outfits because the room we have to take off our shoes and we have to go into these like two chamber rooms Uh it's a 24 minute like light experience exactly i mean james terrell has his life's work is that he reshaped this crater in Nevada such that when you lie down in the, in the base of the crater and look up, um, you're supposed to have this whole new sense of the world and of the environment. So, yeah, that's, that's his thing. So, okay, you got your shoes off. Are you lying down on the floor? No, the you're not actually allowed to sit. You stand because the uh-huh. materials are sensitive. So you can't touch anything and you can't uh, you can't sit down. But it's a 24-minute series. So mm-hmm. – and a part of me, you know, I am claustrophobic. And they, we did have to sign a release. <laughs> we had to sign a release. Like, and I was like, what, oh God. What was that ride you went on at Disney World that you had to like, you had to press the panic button and get out of? Mission was... to Mars. Julie, that's exactly what I thought of. I told uh, the people at the Louis Vuitton store, I was like, this isn't like Mission to Mars, is it? Do people have seizures or what? what's happening? I did have just, my blood ran cold. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I can't go through with this? I've now gotten this private tour and free water from Louis Vuitton. Now what am I going to do? And, um... So we went in and they have the two uh, women in white. Uh, They're actually, there's a step down. And then apparently there was a six foot drop. Like, but the room is so disorienting. I I didn't even notice the drop, but the other woman was standing next to the drop because apparently the artist, James Terrell, has said that once the lights start, like women are inexplicably drawn to the drop and fall in. What is that? What's wrong with us? Just throwing ourselves over the drop. So we can't master the technical side of podcasts and we throw ourselves into the abyss. There you Exactly. I was like, really? So, but I, I, it, then it starts and talk about sensory deprivation. They, they previewed, they said, you know, it's, it's called water. It's uh, called akbab. It's the uh, Egyptian word for water, but it's meant to feel like you're in a whiteout, a blizzard or underwater and that things are just coming to you. 
it was amazing. I have to say, I absolutely loved it. I, the 24 minutes flew by. We stood okay. there. We watched the whole cycle. It starts at white and then resolves to white. The colors that he achieves, like at some point there are six or seven colors happening and like the door you've come through all of a sudden becomes this like screen of light. So you don't even know where you came in from and out of and, and you can walk between the two rooms and I, it was on, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I have to say, I did not panic. I did not seize up. I did not throw myself over the abyss. I absolutely loved it. It was all Good. that it was promised. And the people at Louis Vuitton could not have been nicer. I, I So I encourage you, I'm going to put information on the Satellite Sisters website. If you're in Vegas and you want just a completely different experience, like I suggest the tea at the Mandarin Oriental, and then you go, it's like 100 feet away, the Louis Vuitton store. So uh, you can have this experience before you set yourself loose. And then, of course, right after that, we're like, well, let's, there's a tram now. I did, there, we took the tram to the Bellagio, the conservatory mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. which was the opposite of sensory deprivation. <laughs> It was like the Christmas tree. They were the Coca-Cola polar bears. There were a million people. There were Santa Claus flying around the ceiling. I mean, it was just, I was like, Barry, I think I have to go sit down. I can't, can't handle it. It's too shaky. This. That's too much. It's like, you know, going yeah. Yeah, from the whiteout to Chuck E. Cheese yeah. or something <laughs> like that. You just can't it was, do it. It was exactly that. But I have to say, it was such a great tip from your son. I absolutely okay. loved it. So it was just a really fun sort of highbrow experience we had an early dinner and they, then I wanted to go back and use the Japanese soaking tub in our <laughs> hotel room so and that's the five-star thing they were like rose petals for the oh rose <laughs> petals for the tub and everything and bath salts fantastic so we had a really fun weekend a really fun weekend well well deserved Leanne and congratulations on 21 years of marriage thank that's you wonderful. thank okay. you all right what do we have? Where are we going to now? Now we're going to... Down? We're going to, we're going to Downton. Okay. Oh, <laughs> or, okay. Or my husband calls... It, okay, here's the, here's the setup in my house. Okay. Is I knew it was, you know, this was the big opening weekend, you know, you know, season four. I'm psyched. It was also, as you you may may or may not know, because you, you were in some you know, deprivation, deprivation chambers for most of it. It was, there were four NFL wildcard games. Oh. So, um, so here's the thing. So I said to my husband, let's watch the games, the football games together, and then you can watch Downton Abbey with me because you've never seen it. And you spend a lot of time traveling, and I think you'd enjoy it. So that was, uh, that was the, the thing that was the, you know, thing. And I think, you know, for many couples, you have these sort of joint viewing things that you want to achieve because you, you'd like to go through experiences together. So we had, we watched the four football games and I'm very happy to say my beloved saints are into the next round. They beat the Eagles. I don't know how it was so cold land, but they did it. So that was good. And then, then we start watching as my husband, and maybe there are other husbands out there in the world, he refers to it as Downtown Abbey. He, right. has, he's, he has never seen the show. He has totally missed the phenomenon. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't care. But he's been trying to be a good sport, and he's watching this. And I have to say, I mean, I was like, why? At the end of that two-hour epic show, yes. I was like, why did I waste my joint viewing chip with my husband 
on that because I'll never get them to watch it again. <laughs> never. I, I kept saying, well, it's going to pick up, honey. It's not always this slow and dark and depressing. Maudlin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, there's usually some, quite, there's quite a bit of drama, you know, but... I don't know, Leon. What did you think? Well, you think? I Liz called it Downer Abby, and yes. uh, I think you know. I noticed this last season too. You don't need two hours of Downton Abbey. That's too long. Like okay. one okay. hour. I think the problem was it's really a one-hour show, so to stretch it to two is not that helpful. So, okay. uh, and then any storyline that involves that Mosby for like more than ten seconds, <laughs> uh, I'm out. Leanne, I'm not interested. Yeah, I have a whole group of things that I don't care about in that show. I mostly I don't care about. And Carson's old friend. What the heck? What, wait, with the guy on the just put him on the train. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did you care about him? No, no. I know no. it was a one-off. I I do care about the girl who left to become the secretary. I'd like to see her come back. Yeah, yeah. Math, I'm interested in her. Mom, I don't care about her. Either. Who? Matthew's mom. Oh, you know, Cora, Lady Cora. Yeah. No, I I really don't care about it. I I find her a little, you know, grating with all her social causes. I I just, just really, I don't like, I, but I, I, Mary, what'd you think about Lady Mary? Well, yeah, it did seem, uh, as, uh, Natalie said on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, morning morbid Mary's overacting with her low pitched voice and ghost-like face was a bit too much for me. <laughs> okay. People. I mean, did she really love Matthew all that much? I know. That's what I kept thinking. Really, I mean, I, I, not to belittle her grief, but I, I just, I, yeah, I, I was surprised about? that there seemed to be a complete lack of interest in the adorable grandbaby from both the mother and the grandmother. Like, right. I mean, Julie, there were a lot of good grandmother lines in that show last night. I mean, yes. And so that I thought of you, but like. You would be on that grandbaby like nobody's business, like flies on honey, right? I mean, right, right, right. You wouldn't be sitting alone like, oh, I have nothing to do. Oh, for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> I know. There were quite a few moments when I just wanted to slap the participants uh, last night. So, all okay. right, let's see what other people said. Okay, Michelle has a whole bunch of random thoughts. It's an excellent thing. Uh, the mostly Bates storyline, hard to believe, still very sweet. Rose is a breath of fresh air. I do. I love I, Rose. Yes. Don't, I, I don't know. I really don't know what she's. She's on the wrong show, but just keep yeah. her in there. She's, <laughs> I know. She is. She's a red herring. Like, I don't know. I don't even remember how she's related to the family, frankly, but I don't care. And then uh, Nancy said, Lady Cora is on my nerves. How easily manipulated is she? Jeez. <laughs> okay. Mosley is a downer. She's on it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Carol was glad they found Matthew's statement regarding the inheritance. Oh, oh, can, can you, I mean, really, the letter falling out of the book? Oh, I know. Give me a break. I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Janet really went to town. She wrote down all of her favorite lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, you can thank um, the cold weather because I don't have to go to work today for that. So she enjoyed, well, let's face it. The Dowager Countess, she keeps the show. She yes. keeps the show fresh and lively, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable when she's 85. But every word out of Maggie Smith's mouth is better than any word out of Mosby's mouth. That's what I would say. <laughs> so she did have a lot of good lines. A lot of speculation. Marion Branson, will they get together? I think not. That seems 
They need new characters, so why would they do that? I and Branson, he's got to stop going downstairs. Okay, am I the only one? He's <laughs> he's made it to the drawing room. Okay, just stay there. Why does he keep going downstairs? I don't know. I I know he can, and I know he knows the way, but he should stay upstairs, right? Well, I just think in general, I noticed this last season, and I don't believe that the upper crust had actually that much interaction with the downstairs people. Like, and they just all seem to be in each other's business all the time. And (laughs) I, I'm okay with like separate storylines. Like some of it is very contrived to have the upper and the lower stairs people in the same room. And it just seems crazy. I don't, you don't need that. What's happening? I want to know what's happening with the rich people. And then what's happening with the poor people, but they don't always need to interact. (laughs) or little rose who is both the rich woman and the poor maid i I love that i know i mean that was so cheesy that's like you know historical romance but it's awesome and then and then i was super psyched about nanny west until until she turned on baby city i know when she called that baby a half breed i know i was like i couldn't believe it Get back in your crib, you nasty little half-blood or whatever. Half-breed. Half-breed. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Okay. All right. This is random, but Mr. Bates, okay, it's unnerving me that he's now so happy and social. I think that's uh, that's ominous. I think it's a bad sign. I think he's going to have a nervous breakdown or something because I, I just... I don't like to see him so happy after after everything. So. You know what, Julie? You are not alone. Brenna wrote on the Facebook page, tired of the lovey-dovey behavior of Anna and Bates. I know. It's just, <laughs> it can't last. This is soap opera. We know how soap operas work. They've got to move on. And, and then, but, of course, the German subplot. That's oh, like, oh red flag, red flag. We know where that's going. First of all, no British man in the world would ever become a German citizen. Do you agree with me? Exactly, Lee. And that's None. what I thought. It, historically, it's not even accurate that after World War One, that some upper crust um, a British guy is going to say, hmm, I think I'll become a German citizen. Right? <laughs> Just... I, you know, I don't care how great Edith's clothes are now, okay? And Edith is the woman of the 20th century, and good she for does her. Look hot. Like, she looks fantastic. She I does. Mean, she looks great. I mean, her yeah. clothes, and I guess because Mary just was so dull. <laughs> that, that, and Sybil's gone, who really had the best clothes. So, um, yeah, but that storyline, and it's such a, obviously, it's going to take us to World War II and yes. have those yeah. implications. Like, oh. but it's just so unbelievable. <laughs> And what yeah. does that guy do again? <laughs> he's, he's the editor, the, right? He's paper. an editor. So yeah. he's supposed to be smart. So the idea that you would like go to Germany, I was like, oh, please. Okay. Now, Liz, our sister mentioned, is she's worried that the egg beater is going to be a character. <laughs> character. And I think, mm-hmm. I think those are things to watch. The evil egg beater about the new, not so new evil maid. Okay. So you can see that things are going to happen there. Right. As well as... Um, Oh, I hope Lady Edith doesn't go to Germany. Oh I my know. gosh, I know. I know. And then what has what has happened to Lord Grantham? He's become just like an awful character. Remember season one? He was like kind of sexy and oh, you liked him. And and then yeah. and now he's just such an old fuddy-duddy and, and it's really awful. <laughs> so, I don't know. 
I, I, I hope it picks up next week. I think I'm blaming sort of like my ennui with the, some of the scenes with just the length of the show. And I did have the, I was trying to watch it on my own. And then my son came home from work early. Oh, and then my husband came home from work early. Oh, so oh. I just, it's not even worth trying to watch it when they're in the room. There's just, I, know, I had so much pressure watching this Sunday night with my <laughs> husband. I mean, I just, I was like, please, at least one good scene. Come on, something, something that he could like relate to. But he just was like, what was that? You know, he didn't, he doesn't get downtown Abbey. So, uh, so that was a first, first and only viewing for him. I'm sure. Okay. We're going to stay on this every week on this Tuesday show. We're going to do our best to do a Downton talk. Um, but I think we can all agree. We wanted to, uh, Pick up a little bit. Yeah, Alyssa, good fox. Why was the plot so heavy with Mosley and the man Carson used to work with? Right. We don't know. Uh, Edith's boyfriend is wicked creepy, says Roberta Likely. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Sarah. Sari agrees. Hate to say it. Tad dull. I think it's because it's the first episode. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Bonnie loved the Dowager's snark. There can be too much truth in any relationship. That was good. And the mm-hmm. smart visual treats of Edith's new adventures and wardrobe. And I think we all agree that we're rooting for baby Sibby. So there yes. you go. So n- next week, more, more down and talk. Thank God. And we hope Mosby gets a job in another town. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. Don't forget, uh, you know, I hate to bug you one more time about another awards, but we have six more days for the Stitcher Awards. And Uh, Lee's got a great acceptance speech. I do. We're ready to go. And I think Liz and I are going to go up. Uh, It's in San Francisco at the end of the month. And we heard it's a really fun award show. That's what I heard this weekend. So, uh, (laughs) which will be good because I don't think we're going to beat Dan Savage because he won a podcast award too. So clearly he has, he has rallied his voting block and I think they're bigger than ours. Um, but, uh, that's okay. We're, we're going to go up to the Stitcher Awards if our schedules allow, and it looks like they will. So if you want to keep voting, that would be great. We are posting um, on our Facebook page every day the link. So it's great, or you can just go to stitcher.com. You'll find the awards link. But thank you again for the support. And do really thank you for all the support at the Podcast Awards. It was really fun to be there. Julie, they said they had nominated uh, 4,000 400 shows were nominated for various categories, 4,400 shows. So the fact that like we were able to even get in the last 10 of those two is really a tribute to our people, frankly, the satellite sisterhood, because you nominated us and then you kept voting and voting and it really made a difference. So there are a lot of voices out there, but we're happy that you, uh, you choose to listen to ours. We do appreciate it. Satellite sisters. All right. You have any plans for the rest of the week, Jill? Uh, yeah, I am, I'm, you know, I'm full-time grandmother because I, you know, I'm now grandmother to three grandchildren, Leon. So there's <laughs> usually some assignment that comes up, uh, you know, during the course of the day. So yesterday brought over dinner. That was my assignment. Uh, later today, I think I'm doing a school pickup, uh, and maybe just do a baby holding rocking <laughs> kind of thing, uh, you know, uh, as they get a little fussy towards the end of the day. So I'm, I'm pretty booked, Liam. How about yourself? <laughs> Nanny you West. Nanny West. <laughs> Nanny West. No half breeds over here, Liam. 
<laughs> just unbelievable. Uh, you know, I got to get back to work writing. Now that the kids are back at school, uh, I, I need to do that. So that's my plan this week. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to like January making it count. That's my motto. going to go for it and uh, happy to get back to work. And the holiday finally feels over. It was a great holiday. Finally feels over. Time to get back to work. So that's my plan. And then my husband goes out of town next week. So that's good. (laughs) Okay. More downtown Abbey watching. There you go. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.